Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 591 for release on Sunday, June 21st, 2020. On WaveScan today, another look at the shortwave scene in Paraguay, South America, the radio scene in Australia, the Great Australian Fires, and our Bangladesh DX Report. As the opening topic in our program today, we come to the fourth episode in this mini-series on the radio scene in the South American nation of Paraguay. The focus today is on four or five events associated with radio broadcasting on shortwave, and Ray Robinson presents these interesting items in chronological order. Thanks, Jeff. During the era of the European War in the middle of the last century, the German administration established a small network of spy radio stations in several countries of South America under the codename Operation Bolivar. Early in the year 1943, one of these small transceivers, a combination shortwave radio transmitter and receiver, was sent by airmail from Buenos Aires in Argentina to Asuncion in Paraguay. This transmitter was in use in Asuncion for a few weeks for communication with other similar stations in the Bolivar network in South America and perhaps on occasion even for direct communication with the authorities in Berlin. However, in May 1943, the authorities in Berlin ordered the equipment in Paraguay to be removed and re-established back in Buenos Aires. You can see pictures of this type of transceiver, combination transmitter and receiver on the internet. During the 1970s and the 1980s, several international radio monitors in North America and Europe noted a series of radio programs on shortwave coming from Radio Nacional in Asuncion, Paraguay. This shortwave relay served as a program feed from the capital city, Asuncion, to local medium wave stations in country areas throughout Paraguay. One of the most reported shortwave channels that carried this program feed was callsign ZPG4 on 10413 kHz USB, upper sideband. During the nearly 20 years that this form of shortwave relay service was in vogue, many different frequencies and callsigns were noted, all in the USB mode. Among other call signs and frequencies noted in the United States during that era, for example, were ZPN7, on 11485 kHz and ZPJ74 on 17470 kHz. These shortwave transmitters, all quite low-powered, were operated by Antel Communication in Asuncion and a dozen or more call signs were noted, all beginning with ZP, followed by another letter and a number. These call signs generally identified a specific shortwave channel rather than a specific transmitter. During the year 1984, an international radio monitor in Argentina, Emilio Pedro Povergenich, noted three different shortwave channels in use by Radio La Voz de Misiones, ZP35, in San Juan, Paraguay. This regional medium wave station, which is located towards Paraguay's southern border with Argentina, was installed in 1977. 
At the time of the monitoring observations in 1984, Radio La Voz de Misiones, ZP35 in San Juan, was operating with 2.5 kilowatts on a very irregular medium wave channel, 1413.3 kilohertz. And the shortwave emanations were noted on 4241 kHz, 8480 kHz, and 9896 kHz. However, these three very unusual shortwave channels were not propagated from a set of shortwave transmitters, but rather they were in reality three very unusual harmonics from a malfunctioning main medium wave transmitter. In August of that same year, 1984, Adventist World Radio gave consideration to the installation of a radio broadcasting complex in Paraguay. This new station was to be located near the capital city, Asuncion, and it would contain two shortwave transmitters at 50 kilowatts for international coverage, a medium wave transmitter for reception throughout Paraguay, and an FM transmitter for city coverage. Site work was expected to commence in January of the following year, 1985, and in mid-year the government of Paraguay gave formal approval. However, this projected AWR multiple radio complex never eventuated, due to the difficulties encountered in transferring major funding from another country in South America into Paraguay. We might also add that back around that same era, Available evidence would suggest that another well-known shortwave station, FEBC, gave consideration to establishing a radio broadcasting complex in Paraguay. However, likewise, neither did this radio project come to fruition. Radio station FEBC, the Far East Broadcasting Company in Manila, in the Philippines, began the installation of a network of medium-wave and shortwave stations in the Philippines soon after the end of the Pacific War in the middle of the last century. In addition, FEBC also procured the well-known American shortwave station KGEI in San Francisco, California, and they were on the air to South America with programming in South American languages. Thanks very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Ray will be back with us again in a moment, but first of all, I want to mention uh, some of the reception reports that have been coming in here, and we get a lot of them every week here at the WaveScan. Um, but I want to mention Guy Simard in Dorval, Quebec, Canada, who heard us at 0300 UTC on 5800 kHz with a report on radio in West Bengal. He's using a Panasonic RF4900 receiver with uh, a random wire antenna. And he says reception quality was 45344, generally quite good. Well, that's pretty good, considering that 5800 kHz is beaming south from Okeechobee, Florida. So he's way off the back of the beam. Glad you're able to hear it so well up there, Guy. Alvin Mahler writes to us from Raceland, Louisiana. And he heard Wayscan at 0130 UTC on 5850 kHz, covering the history of Radio Australia and Radio New Zealand with uh, the call sign VLS. Says a real strong signal here on 5850, listening on a Texan PL600. Then we have uh, Pavel Ivanov, who's in Belgorod in Russia, hearing us at 0130 UTC on 7780 kHz with a pretty good Sinpo 45343, listening on an ICOM ICR75. And we go to Pakistan now. 
Abid Hussein Sajid, and he's located in uh, Milesi, Pakistan. Says, uh, I'm a teacher in Government uh, Model High School, Milesi. Due to the coronavirus, all educational institutions in Pakistan are closed, due to which we are at home. Therefore, no one, no work, only listening to the radio and sending reception reports. Well, I guess that's uh, the only good thing about the coronavirus crisis, huh? Uh, he says he's a Pakistani uh, DXer, listening to us for the first time, hearing us on uh, 9955 kilohertz. Wow. At 100 UTC. And we have a report here from Dejan Berndt, who is in Erlangen in Bavaria, Germany. He sends us here uh, the coat of arms of Bavaria, a sticker here. And uh, he says that he was hearing a wave scan on 7780 kilohertz. Uh, he says, I live in Tenenloa, which is a smaller village and part of the city of Erlangen. Tenenloa has around 4,500 inhabitants and is located in northern Bavaria, Germany. I'm a shortwave radio enthusiast and DXer. I'm 17 years old and started to listen to AM shortwave radio in November of 2018. I was simply fascinated by the different stations that I could hear from all over the world. What fascinated me the most was the fact that I could receive signals thousands of kilometers away just with a small radio. December 2018, I also became very much interested in collecting QSL cards and started to send reception reports to various broadcasters. In 2019, I wasn't too active in QSLing as I had to prepare for important exams. So far, I've received about 70 QSL cards from different broadcasters. Well, at the end of this program, Dejan, we will uh, tell you how to get uh, some uh, AWR and uh, WaveScan QSL cards, okay? Well, for some time now, the international news media throughout our world have focused on two major areas of worldwide interest, the widespread and tragic impact of the virus, which originated in Wuhan, China, and the equally widespread involvement and support of mass demonstrations and marches expressing racial equality. With all of the intense international interest and participation in these huge events, perhaps most people have forgotten that a few months ago, in 2019, Australia suffered the worst bushfires in the entire history of this down-under continent. We take a pause for a while from other matters of social interest so that we can present at least some of the radio anecdotes and stories associated with the Australian fires. Here again is Ray Robinson. Right, Jeff. A map of Australia showing every wildfire at the height of the summer season in Australia indicates that every state and almost every area was impacted with major fires. In fact, looking on the map, there were so many fires, it would almost seem that the whole continent was on meltdown. It's estimated that billions of animals died in the fires, millions of acres of land were burned, thousands of homes were destroyed, and many regional towns were without electricity and communications. On many occasions, people living in fire-threatened areas sat in their motor cars and listened to the emergency news coming from their local radio station. There was panic buying of batteries for portable radios and flashlights, and also for milk and bread and other needed food items. Many stores had to manually register the usage of customers' credit cards where the local electricity grid was down. 
Throughout the time of the raging of these intense fire systems, the nationwide government medium wave and FM radio networks, ABC local, regional, state and national, gave top priority to emergency fire news. In each state capital city, one of the two ABC medium wave stations was designated as the emergency news broadcaster, and in several instances, local FM and medium wave stations were programmed individually and in small networks with fire information. In two states, New South Wales and Victoria, some of the ABC transmitter stations suffered fire damage and destruction, and in order to provide local communities with emergency information, the ABC programming was broadcast over a nearby undamaged commercial radio station. As an example of competitive cooperation, the ABC TV and radio tower on the summit of Mount Wanderer at Batemans Bay, which is halfway between Sydney and the state border with Victoria, was damaged by the intense heat from the fire on New Year's Eve 2019. The ABC was granted the use of the radio tower operated by the commercial Grant radio station, which incidentally operates on the unusual FM channel of 87.6 MHz. A temporary FM transmitter carried emergency news and information on behalf of the ABC. In the national capital, Canberra, the bushfire smoke was so thick that the 7pm ABC News Bulletin was read by the staff outside the studio building. In addition to the wide area radio coverage provided by the ABC and the commercial stations, numerous community stations also participated actively, some 80 of which were in fire-ravaged areas. Station 2EAR on 107.5 FM in the same Batemans Bay was destroyed on New Year's Eve 2019 by the same fire. Community station 1WAY FM in Canberra was evacuated during the fires in that area. Staff at many of the volunteer community stations admitted to exhaustion as a result of extended stints on duty. In addition to the participation by all of these radio broadcasting stations, ABC, commercial and community, amateur radio operators were also actively involved. Amateur radio networks provided emergency communications when the landline and mobile phone networks were down. In the Bega area, for example, this is along coastal New South Wales near the border with Victoria, a whole network of 30 amateur stations provided emergency communications. And before we leave the radio scene in Australia, some items of international radio news. Over the weekend of March 14th and 15th, 2020, amateur radio operators were granted the privilege of connecting amateur radio transmitters to the huge curtain and rhombic antenna systems at the X-Radio Australia transmitter station at Shepparton in Victoria. With a maximum power of 400 watts and under the special authority call sign VI3RA, they were on the air in five of the approved amateur shortwave bands. Reports from Australia indicate that the remaining 100 kilowatt shortwave transmitters at Shepparton were removed and destroyed during the month of April as part of the total demolition of this important and historic international shortwave broadcasting station. In addition, mega-powered shortwave stations in China have usurped many of the well-known shortwave channels previously occupied by Radio Australia. Amidst widespread criticism of the closure of international broadcasting on shortwave from Australia, Radio New Zealand International continues as the major source of news for many of the islands throughout the South Pacific. 
Not so well known is the fact that Radio Australia technical personnel operated an emergency medium wave station in the Darwin area for many years. This transmitter was located at Berry Springs, which is on the Cox Peninsula Road some 35 miles from Darwin in Australia's Northern Territory. The shortwave transmitter station for Radio Australia at Cox Peninsula was another 60 miles further along this same Cox Peninsula Road. The Berry Springs emergency transmitter was available for use for some 20 years, stretching from approximately 1971 to 1991. The power level and frequency for this unique medium wave station are unlisted. There are no known loggings of the station and it's probable that it was on the air for only occasional test broadcasts and for very few actual emergencies. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. That was Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now let's go to Salahuddin Dalar in Bangladesh with his DX report for this month. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you to the Bangladesh DX report of this month of June 2020. This is Salahuddin Dalar from the beautiful city Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. 2nd June, A-Disc World Radio in Japanese discussion program was heard at 0835 UTC on 15280 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Radio Kuwait in Arabic musical program was heard at 0800 43 UTC on 15515 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Voice of America in Kurdish report on COVID-19 was heard at 1720 UTC on 9820 kHz. The SIO code was 444. DMST Radio Irana musical program was heard at 1727 343. Bible Voice Broadcasting Persian Service Religious Talk was heard at 1835 UTC on 9610 kHz. The SIO code was 4-4-4. MWV New Life Station KNLS Russian Service Religious Program was heard at 1818 13760 kHz. The SIO code was 444. We want to thanks our friend Mr. Pradeep Chandra Kundu from Tripura, India for sharing his log with us. 
if you have any comments and suggestion and send your reception report to the following address dxbangla at gmail.com the address again dxbangla at the rate gmail.com okay i will come with more dx tips in the next edition till then take care salaudin dollar ratshahi bangladesh well let's take a trip back in history now all the way back to 1978 and we have an item here from Dino Bloise, who is the uh, producer and presenter of a Spanish-language DX program called Frecuencia al Día, which is heard on uh, different stations on shortwave. Dino sends an item that uh, came from the World of Radio uh, group, hosted by uh, Glenn Hauser. And the item originated with our good friend Tom Gavaris in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Shortwave listener and DXer there for many years. We've had a chance to... Uh, uh, meet him personally at a number of DX meetings back in the, oh, I don't know, the 1970s and, and 1980s, perhaps. But it's been a long time. Anyway, uh, Tom Gavaris sends along a recording that he made. This is from December 12th of 1978 at 0300 UTC on the frequency of 11700 kilohertz. Now, you may remember that 11700 was the frequency for Radio Clarine from Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And there was a program there by Rudy Espinal in English called This is Santo Domingo. And this was a, uh, a portion of the broadcast of This is Santo Domingo from December 12th of 1978. <laughs> This is Radio Florence. 11.7 megahertz on the international shortwave band of 25 meters and 4,850 kilohertz on the tropical shortwave band of 60 meters broadcasting from Santo Domingo, gateway of the first civilization to the new world. Hello, everybody. Hello. A long time no see, I would say, yes, because we were off the air on Saturday due to lack of electrical energy, and we were unable to have Mr. Glenn Hauser on the program, so we will have Glenn Hauser today on today's program in the second half hour. So, Glenn, the second half hour of Business uh, Santa Domingo will go to you for Clarin DX or for your NASA report. I'm sorry, but it was outside of our way, uh, our handling, uh, since, uh, sorry, I just had the mic fixed. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's, a, it's a pity, it's a pity. But we had uh, no electricity at our transmission plant. From 5 o'clock in the afternoon until 10 o'clock at night, our local time, we were um, lacking the uh, electrical energy. So, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am very, very sorry. Musica and this is Santo Domingo. Recording there of This is Santo Domingo from Radio Clarín in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. Rudy Espinal was the host there in 1978. And thanks very much to Tom Gavaris in Minnesota, who sends the recording. Uh, came from the shortwave archive, and thanks to uh, Dino Blois, who passed that along to us. Some interesting shortwave history there. And we end today's edition of WaveScan with music from Paraguay, folk music from Paraguay, South America. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio story, Quarantined on a Lonely Island. We'll go back to the HFCC in Malaysia and our Australian DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, besides reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.